0: These are the Casey Tapes. You, man, and Favaz, explore the backstories and interviews heard on Casey, the longest-running rock station in the country. Hey, it's time for another edition of the Casey Tapes, episode 53, the first episode in our second year of recording. I'm John Hewlett, and there is Favaz. Hi, John. Hi, and we're going to do an interview today that I conducted in 1987, spring of 87, with your nemesis, John Bon Jovi.
1: Bon Jovi. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: and he came into the radio station to do the lunch show with me I think that day. He was a, he was big in 1987. It, it, in fact, I don't know
1: you say in the interview, "Hey, welcome back cuz he went to the old place. Do you remember him being in Crestwood?" I don't. Okay. I don't. So now he's at Union Station mm-hmm. and that's uh, 87 is the year when Slippery When Wet came out. The his giant oh, yeah. record that put him
0: on the map. Oh, yeah. He was a superstar at this yeah. point in time. He was. But he never, you know, presented himself that way. I mean, mm. at least to us he didn't. Yeah, at least to <laughs> us he didn't. And, um, you know, it, it was a, I think this is a pretty long interview. So, Ooh, um great. A long Bon
1: Jovi interview. So I, settle I can't in. wait.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, for you, no music because it's a podcast. can't you. play yes, music. Yes, I am so grateful for that today. <laughs> Now I don't remember too much about the interview being set up. Um, it might have even been somewhat of a surprise, a short notice type thing, mm-hmm. which they tend to do back then. Cause yeah. They didn't want anybody to get out, get the word out, and then have a bunch of people, right. you know, around the radio station, whatever. Mm-hmm. Though that never bothered me, but I guess it bothered those folks. So, um, you know, he just kind of showed up, I guess, and we just started talking.
1: And I, from the little bit that I heard, Cinderella opened for Bon Jovi that night. At the, I guess it was, he was probably playing the old arena. checker home. Yeah. we'll We'll find out in a second. So how funny is that, that Cinderella, you know, who, uh, I, I don't remember the year that that record came out, you know, with Shake Me and all that. But uh, they were the opener. It was kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Mm. So here we go. And again, this is being played back off of a cassette tape. And the cassette machine is down on the floor, way. So you don't have to get on your stool to do the turntable. No. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, well, that's a long story. Actually, so it's pretty far from the board. So here I go. All right, I'll be doing this whole podcast from my knees. Two minutes before one o'clock. you man, uh, we're having Bon Jovi for lunch, and suddenly, say something like a bad dream. Suddenly, out of nowhere, <laughs> appears John Bon Jovi. Hey. Huh? What's happening, right? big guy? Welcome uh, to. This. You're that big guy. Big guy. <laughs> That's
1: lame, right there. That's. You know what? I'm going to keep track of all the lame statements that he makes. That's number one. Okay, That's big a, guy. Must
0: be a Jersey thing. I don't know.
2: Okay. All right. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: That's
0: the one. 95. Thank you very much. Uh, you were here about a what year and a half ago. Yeah. You saw the old place, and now you see the new place. Yeah,
2: I like the new one. This is all right. You've got a beautiful staff of young ladies.
0: So he did. Oh, he's starting to get into the young ladies thing. Yes, of course. So he did appear in Crestwood with us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Around here. This yes, we do. Nice
0: place. And uh, some of them are of Italian descent. And uh-huh. they came in here earlier and they said, he's Italian, isn't he? <laughs> I said, I think he is.
2: Last time anyone checked.
0: Vaz, you're Italian. I am, John. I'm half Italian. That's right. Yeah. So Italian. we have something in, in common with Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a New York Met fan, are you, by any chance?
2: No, I have to admit that... Uh, Baseball and I have sort of parted ways. but uh, Good. The you know, last that's time I, I, I was a Mets fan was nineteen seventy well, three. I
0: asked that because I know you're from New Jersey. Yeah, I'm from and, Jersey. Uh,
2: I'm a Giants fan, though. Well, that's okay.
0: But i tell you what. Not too many New Yorkers come to St. Louis and are able to sell as many tickets to whatever type of performance oh, they put on. Oh, they say they're because, because, Mets fans? Yeah. Oh, we hate them. We hate oh.
2: them. Well, that's but, good. I, I was safe there. But I am yes, a Giants man. fan, a loyal Giants fan. And thank God, after a million and a half years, they've come through. Yeah. Well, it's been a good year for you being a Giants fan and a good for year for you, period. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: upon the release of Slippery, uh, When Wet, uh, things went right through the roof. When did you realize that you had this big of an album, John?
2: We haven't yet. I mean, we're really not paying much attention, although we're ecstatic.
0: Humility, humble, got to uh, like that for yeah, us. okay. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, none of the trappings of, of, of the success have really caught on. It's just... Uh, it's a hell of a lot of fun being able to play as long as you want, whenever you want, wherever you want. And you didn't have that opportunity when you. No, were it was tough because you know right. I mean opening or doing the small theaters, you couldn't get production in there. Um, you know, so it, it's been a long, you know, winding road, and just the persistence. I think you know, coming back every year and uh, playing and playing and playing. I think we, God, we must have been in St. Louis three or four times already. And uh, you know to be able to come back and sell out Keel is, is a great feeling.
1: Oh, there you go. Keel, Kiel Auditorium. Keel Auditorium. Yeah, before the redo, because that happened in '94. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. This was long before.
0: Yeah, the place was n- not uh, ideal for any kind of music shows no. whatsoever. No, Just I, I went to.
1: You went to a bunch of them. I went yeah. to a bunch. I mean, I love the Opera House. Yeah, but the Auditorium was just kind of like just a big old con- auditorium, big old concrete hall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what. Yeah, it was. a lot
0: of echo. Uh, you know, the music bouncing off walls and stuff. Nothing up in the ceilings to, to right. you know baffle yeah, anything. Uh, actually, when the tour was booked, uh, a lot of your shows weren't booked in halls big enough because you really didn't have any idea that things were going to go this well. Did you?
2: No, I mean, who would have ever? Because there is m- imagine... a bigger auditorium here than Keel.
0: You know, it's the arena. And if
2: we you know, this this was actually late enough where we did consider that, um I, I don't know, is the sound there worse or something? It's not yeah, it's not quite as good. We had but talked but. about the sound difficulties and <laughs> what <laughs> Well no actually,
0: I think now, yeah, another you mentioned I think the checkered home actually was worse sound wise. People always complain
1: about sound in big buildings. it yeah. doesn't it doesn't matter yeah what, what it is.
2: you know, I mean, because now we could have booked a couple of nights at Keel, but it was the attitude is let's just do the one. You know, mm-hmm. let's not over-guess uh, over anything, and not, let's not cheat the kids, especially, by giving them crummy sound just to put, you know, more people more in people the hall. it's so, um, an admirable position. Yeah. It,
0: I complimented him. You did. Yes, admirable. <laughs> it's, it's a, a great position to be in, you know. Yeah. Um, now that you uh, have released Slippery When Wet and uh, you have a number one song on the charts right now, number mm-hmm. one single, uh, Living on a Prayer, the album is still number one, is it not?
2: This is correct. It's going to be knocked out, unfortunately. Do, do you, as time goes on here,
0: um, think to yourself, how do I top this? Or have you not allowed that to enter your mind yet?
2: Well, you don't really think about it. You know, I mean, what we're concerned with is touring. Um, but, you know, I can see now that I'm starting to think of ideas and as well as Richie, and we're, we're, uh, we're starting to write a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm back when he
1: and Richie were friends. <clears throat> yes, back in the day when they loved one another <laughs> as friends.
0: <laughs> Although they still say they're friends.
1: Yeah, but
0: uh, I don't.
1: know. I think Richie's drinking really got in the way mm. though those last years, and probably still is. You know, yeah. But they were they were quite the duo. back oh, yeah. then. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Afraid of it. I, I don't think that we're gonna have much problem. I think we're gonna be okay. What
0: do you think, what type of step do you think is, is the next one? What what, what look, ideas are running through your mind in, in that area?
2: Well, it's hard to explain. I, I think that... I mean, you sh- wouldn't
0: all, all of a sudden just do something dramatically different.
2: No, it's no, not going to be I'm sure yeah. It's, it's going to be, you know, a Bon Jovi record. Um, but I, I think this <laughs> it's year... Gonna year a lame lame look-
1: bon jo- it's going to be a lame Bon Jovi record.
0: <laughs> what was after that? Uh,
1: they had to come back that, with something. Was now. that New Jersey? Um, it was New Jersey after that? As we grab our smartphones? I think
2: it was. Go ahead, I'll look. To write our, our eight-minute, you know, stairway to heaven kind of an attitude. You know, I mean, we, we want to keep expanding like that. Maybe add something like this year we added horns. Maybe next year it'll be a, a mandolin or a kazoo or something. <laughs> you know, I mean, so there, there's production ideas as well. But, you know, from a song structure-wise, there's some good ideas brewing.
0: Bob Dylan used the harmonica? John Bon Jovi uses the kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> that says it right there. <laughs> it was
1: New Jersey. New Jersey, uh, New Jersey uh, Slippery When Wet, actually came out in 86, and New
0: Jersey uh, came out in
1: 1988.
0: Yeah. All right, John Bon Jovi is in the studios of KC95, and we're going to play a song now called In and Out of Love from Compact Disc. Stay with us. I see. I was highlighting the Compact, compact Disc because they were yeah. a big deal back then. 87.
1: I think that was the year... Well, maybe 85 I bought my first compact disc. Yeah, It was really Brian Adams Reckless. I'll never yeah. forget it. Yeah, it was a big deal. Now we're making yeah. big
0: deals of playing vinyl again. Yeah. You know? <laughs> From Bon Jovi, John, live in the studio after this song. Real Rock Radio, KC95. And what a song, living on a prayer for Can bon he hit Jovi. those notes live? Oh, man. Is it, <laughs> is it real or memorable? It's <laughs> uh, <at> six <laughs> minutes after one o'clock. John Bon Jovi is live in the studio here KC95. And... Um, John and I were just talking off mic about how he's uh, into lifting the weights, doing Nautilus and things like that. Shouldn't have got me started on this subject. Yeah. Nautilus, remember when no. Nautilus was a big we deal. We still have a Nautilus up in Alton. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Remember when it first bursted onto the scene. Yes, I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was Nautilus, and then uh, there was other thing. Uh, all the players were the baseball players were using uh, Cybends, Cybex machines. You remember those? Yes, right? I
1: remember those. What about Vic Tanny?
0: Yeah. Vic Tanny. Yeah, I don't remember. In person. Yeah, Yeah. Vic Tanny. Yeah. (sighs) We're going to bore him now with this kind of talk. No, No, we we won't get into it. We won't get into it. You have a birthday coming up Monday. Is that? Yeah. Happy Happy birthday birthday
1: to you. Thank you. Was that you? No.
0: No. I would
1: never be at a Bon Jovi interview even before I worked here. No, really? No.
0: Huh. I was never a fan. Never seen him. i thought let your hate just grow over time.
1: No, I liked, I liked this record, Slippery and Wet, and I love Runaway, uh, which mm-hmm. was the big song that he had before then. So uh, it, it, was, it was after that when I, I really thought, wow, you're really getting to be lame. Happy
2: mm-hmm. Ah, huh, look at all these women. Happy birthday, to Joy. Happy birthday, you. birthday
0: to you. Happy birthday to you.
2: Uh the entire stand thank you. Radio. Energy I'm old enough University. to drink now. Hey, this is music.
0: Uh it's fine. I think we can play this yeah, suit. I think we're safe. All right. <laughs> what does a card say? It's a clean card, isn't it's it? Nobody... Yeah, pretty clean. It says happy
2: right. birthday from a bunch of us who think you're a really great person. Plus a few of us who put you in the minor god category. <laughs> <laughs> who are those people? Raise your hand. <laughs> Everybody. The whole staff the whole uh, world. Very good.
0: No, I'm trying to think of the pretty girls that worked there back then. Hmm, who were there? Abigail was there. Abigail Paley was there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy, with yeah. some yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Think hard. Yeah, think of, no. okay. Never mind. All right. This very is good. great.
2: Thank you. Nice surprise. All right, uh, very good.
0: Uh, the question, how old are you? Is that a legitimate one? No, I'm 25. Are you 25? Yeah. Okay. You started... Wow, 25, and that's had pretty that cool. success. Yeah. yeah. And rock and roll by sending tapes into a radio station? Yeah. And is that the way it started?
2: Yeah, I was uh, trying to get a deal, and of course nobody would listen to me. And it was a it was a DJ in a radio station who, uh, who listened to Runaway and broke Runaway in New York.
0: In New York, and the station yeah, was yeah, that was w- called WAPP. And it's now owned by the company that owns this station. That's, That's right. Wasn't this, this a Double Day station too? Yeah, no, no, oh no, no, no. There was another station in town uh-huh. here, and we blew them out.
2: Uh huh. But uh, no uh-huh. uh, Double Day uh, station. You yeah, know that was? John
1: Bragan. Who was it? That was KWK. That was KWK. Yeah.
0: Than that you're right, and uh, we bought them out a matter of about six or seven months ago. So, Emma's uh-huh. is in New York now, and uh, uh, you sent the tape in. The guy liked it; he played it on the radio. And then what happened?
2: Fireworks, you know, it was sparks. It was uh, what happened is is this guy, his name was Chip Hobart, found us and Twisted Sister in the same bunch of local bands, mm-hmm. and um, strange enough. The guy actually like lost his gig there, which wasn't right. He should have been the head of a record company by this time. And uh, <laughs> that's right. Um, the rest of the stations that were owned by that same chain started playing it, and it started causing a stir because then the competition was saying, "Well, what's that record? Who is it?" Yeah. And kids were trying to buy the record, but it didn't exist. You know, it was just a, a, a radio airplay thing. And uh, we were fortunate enough that we put the band together and opened for patty Smythe who we were just talking about exactly and scandal and uh, it was at a hmm. party for a radio show and um it was from then on that all the record companies were you know knocking on the door and we you know pretty much had our freedom to choose right. but it took a, a long time and a lot of listening you know and all the other songs from that runaway session there's seven other songs that i haven't seen or heard since uh, so they're like you know one of those things like after the plane goes down, you know, they're going to find the tapes, you know. But uh, it, 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 there's a lot of tunes laying around like that. Yeah. What are you looking
1: at? I'm looking at Chip Hobart. That's the uh, DJ that broke him, uh-huh. him and uh, Twisted Sister. And I don't know how accurate this is, but he lives in the uh, Burlington, Vermont area now. And he was the music director and uh, Afternoon Drive host from May, May of 82 to February of 85. Uh, And that's during the the time frame when he broke Bon Jovi. It's kind of cool that a a disc jockey did that, although I like to punch
0: him in the face. (laughs) Now
1: you uh,
0: are on your third album here. And um, um, after releasing this album, uh, Slippery When Wet, you are, of course happy as a lark about the whole darn thing yeah. but you had to make some severe decisions going into it and and one was coming up with a new producer and 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 brian Fairburn is that the bruce correct? Fairburn, bruce Fairburn mm-hmm. the guy that you chose yeah bruce Fairburn. yeah he became Big a dude. superstar yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh he had worked with groups like lover boy and yeah blue oyster cult and yep. uh and others it was a
2: band called black and blue that actually did it for me i would i i like to listen to new tapes as you could see you know i were running here to what do you got new and uh this band was called Black and Blue, and I was in a hotel and listening to pick the, the third single of the uh, 7800 Fahrenheit album. Mm-hmm. Listened to the CD, and then I you know I picked a single, and then I uh, threw in this cassette of a band called Black and Blue, and I thought maybe my CD player was broken because this cassette sounded better. And I started listening to some of the little production tricks that this guy did, and I who did this? And it was Bruce Fairburn. He was the first guy I called, and uh, you know he, that was all I had to do, was was have him and... He's got a great engineer that he works with and it was mm-hmm. as simple as
0: that. I thought Bruce Fairburn was also the producer for like the Lover Boys albums in the 70s. Wasn't he already pretty well known by this uh, time? I'm not sure. Try- he's making it sound like he discovered Bruce Fair Fairburn from Well, from, he's uh,
1: Jovi Jovi, Uh I <laughs> uh, I when I think of Bruce Fairburn, I think of uh Aerosmith, in the few years after.
0: Yeah, later this, on in the 80s. Ladies, la- later on in the 80s, yeah. So, But I thought he was pretty much established by it. Look, I up know, John, I'll look up I'll yeah. uh, look, uh, look yeah. up
1: Bruce Fairburn, John. Yeah,
0: because he was out of Canada. Bruce Fairburn was right. out of Canada, and he was producing bands from out of there. And so. All right. All right Go right, on. Roll some more here. You seem so composed and, uh, and very... Uh, serious about what you're doing here. I mean, this is not something that you uh, have just got swept away by. I mean, you seem like you're well in control of what's going on. You, you get your hands on to the, the business aspect of things, don't you?
2: Um, well, i got my hands on. <laughs> yeah. it, you know, it seems I, that way to me. I, mean, I maybe guess I'm, so. I maybe mean, you're
0: fooling me, John. No, I'm <laughs> sure.
2: I haven't been up for an hour, though, <laughs> yet. <laughs> so you got give me a little time to wake uh, up. Uh, pause. But, so
0: Bruce Fairburn
1: uh, is dead. Uh, he made it till he was almost 50. Canadian musician, uh, producer from Vancouver, and his most successful productions are Slippery When Wet and New Jersey bomb by Bon Jovi, Permanent Vacation, Pump and Get a Grip from Aerosmith, The Razor's Edge by A C D C and Balance by Van Halen.
0: Huh. So he was Those not, are his big ones. So he was not a part of Loverboy and all that kind of well, stuff. Well he
1: if he was, he wasn't famous then. You know, uh, (laughs) he produced albums uh, for. Yes. He produced albums for uh, international artists such as Loverboy, Blue Oyster Cult, Poison, uh, The Cranberries, NXS, Kiss,
0: and even Yes. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. You are actively involved in that.
2: Sure. You know, I mean, I enjoy the the business end of it as much as I do, uh, you know. Making the records and playing. Boy,
0: he proved that, didn't he? Yes, he did. Super businessman. Yeah. To the point where he could actually afford to maybe even buy an NFL team, which he didn't. has not he been did, successful.
1: But he, he, he was uh, owner of an
0: indoor football team. Yeah, right.
1: You know, the Philadelphia, whatever they were called. Yeah.
0: All right, we'll speak more with uh, John Bon Jovi after these words. Today's Lunch Show is brought to you by Burt's Reynolds. Rent to own from Burt's. All right, John bon Jovi is our guest today here at KC ninety five for lunch, and uh, we have another song or two to play from John before we wrap up the lunch program and talk to him a little more. So, John, how are you handling all the success and uh, everything that's uh, come your way? It's, here, it's
2: it? great. I mean, we're enjoying it to death, but yet it's no different than last year or the year before. You know, it, it's uh, it's just the five of us going on the road and doing what we do best, playing. You know, so we're yeah. But
0: last year there weren't as many people
2: grabbing. No, as, uh, I mean there, there, there wasn't as many people, but um. It hasn't changed us any. Innocent, you know what I mean? We don't care. Right. I mean, yeah. You well, know, that me, I, I, yeah. I look like I slept in my clothes, but it's—I uh, <laughs> do this all the time. It, that's just the attitude that we've always had, and I don't know. Call it being from that small town in, in the middle of nowhere, you know, and, and that was where we were from, and the people that we saw coming up, the you know, all those other guys that made it real big from Jersey—they keep you in that frame of mind that you never. Right. Take it too seriously. Just people enjoy the ride.
0: People like, I guess, the obvious names: Springsteen and yeah, of course, like
2: Springsteen and, and Steven and, and Southside like Johnny and uh, you mm-hmm. know all those guys. So Sinatra, you know. I mean, yeah. a lot of people are from Jersey. You know. Right. Um,
0: I have a problem. Maybe you can help me with this. I, I'm, you know, you're very popular, and there are people that are clamoring to get to say hi to you. And tomorrow, I'm uh, I'm a grand marshal in a parade, John, and I don't all know right. how I'm going to handle this. Hold this on. is hold something on. that I'm going to. On. What what parade were you a grand marshal in? And uh, I was uh, the uh, the Soulard, uh Parade, the uh, Mardi Gras. Mardi parade.
1: Gras Parade? Yeah, you? I, I was. I never knew
0: that. Yeah, yeah. That was before they were on the main uh, Broadway Strip. It was right. just they on Ninth Street. Streets. I think it was Ninth Street. W- was it packed back then? Uh, the the side streets, yeah, but not like wow. it is now. But uh, yeah, it was in its early stages. Wow. Yeah, I, I never knew it that. I was on the back of a. They had me on a truck or something. I don't remember, but, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. It was fun. I want to hear this. Yeah. Some advice on from you. How do I handle the the people that are just going to be, like, pawing all over me tomorrow? Oh, man.
2: You know, you're going to have to hold them back. We'll get Ron to come and help you out. Yeah,
0: Ron's a big guy sitting next to John. Daring anybody to get close, no. No, he's a big teddy bear. Yes, he is. Okay. well, John, thanks for coming by here at Casey 95. Oh, My again. pleasure. Thank yeah. you
2: for the great birthday. Oh, you're welcome.
0: Appreciate it. It's no welcome. I hope there's a cake or something out there. I'm there's hungry. There's a beautiful
2: girl in a fur coat outside
0: with a cake. Hell with a cake. Yeah, hell with a cake. Two of them. And he, he could he, see he, through the windows of the studio that there, there was right. actually a good looking girl out there with a fur coat on.
1: He's mentioned girls like three or four times. So he's 25. He's living the life. Yeah. I know
0: he was. he is
1: still married to his long
0: time wife yeah, but so. you know i guess
1: back then maybe he wasn't with her yet i don't yeah. know. I thought they went to high
0: school together oh before i wanted to mention one other thing that i don't know if a lot of people know but you your band is actively involved in different charities as well and you don't hear that a lot about rock and roll bands
2: yeah if i ever find a guy that wrote that on that piece of paper i'm gonna kill him it's not something you talk about but you know you don't look for the yeah praise or credit from it it's uh it's just something that we like to do
0: all right very good all right, John, again, take care. We're going to close out right, with, with the the biggest song probably of uh, 1986 and 1987 combined, Shot Through the Heart. Now, a lot of people say play uh, Shot Through the Heart, and that's not the yeah. name of no, the song. No, it's not. But you do have a song, of course, named Shot Through the Heart. I know. I know. I
2: stole the line for myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's legitimate, you know. But, yeah. I uh,
0: have to admit it. How many times do people come up to you and say that? Does the confusion bug Some you? people
2: say that. No, no. I understand which song they mean. Um, yeah. But it, it is called You Give Love a Bad Name. <laughs> right. You give Love
0: a Bad Name. The man who uh, gave Love a Bad Name has been our guest on lunch today on Casio oh, 95. Thank you, John. Thank you. There it is. Now, I will say this John Bon
1: Jovi and Richie Sambora were the inspiration behind MTV's Unplugged. Did you know that? No tell me about it because i think at one of those MTV award shows and it was after 1987 it was i'm not sure what year it started but they did Wanted Dead or Alive just the two of them acoustically and it was really really good mm-hmm. and somebody at MTV went hey wow let's let's make
0: a show out of that yeah Hence, MTV Unplugged. I'll be darned. Wow. All the great artists that have been on that thing since. Oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah, yeah it was a yeah. heck of a run for that, for sure. Yeah. So there, do you like him any better now that you heard in an interview in 87 when he was well. just a young, gentle child?
1: <laughs> um, I liked how he sounded there. And, um, you know, like I said, it was before I really started to dislike him because, you know, I, I, I thought he was trying to be like Bruce later on. Uh, not only with his music and just some of his you know, some of the choruses and things like that and and I you know he he did make a country album, yes, and um I just you know it 's just lame to me it's just mm-hmm. it was all all lame but but I mean you know back in when he appeared with you at the uh you know the radio station and stuff, I mean, I liked him, you know, I think I have one dead or alive on vinyl if i 'm yeah. not mistaken, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know All right. and I remember the picture i don 't remember who. It was a picture of him and somebody else at the at the Union Station, and he had really dark sunglasses on. And I don't know if it was you or not. Could have been Abigail. Boy, I so don't I'm know. Not, I'm not sure. But anyway, I
0: don't even know if we took a picture with him that day. To be honest with you, I don't yeah. know. There could be pictures in the museum. What do you remember Vacation about the museum? parade? So were they pawing all over you at the parade? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hot women, uh, uh, so you jealous men. got your, men. Junk. You got your was... junk grab? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, but it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, I, I was amazed to see what has happened to that since. You know, I was, Yeah. we thought it, I had no idea it was going to grow to what it had become. Now, I would love to be the Grand Marshal. <laughs> <laughs> when it really matters, back then didn't even matter.
1: There's hundreds of thousands of people that go down there yeah. now, and the, and the uh, parade route is straight down Broadway. Yeah, I guess it is. And, yeah, uh, Casey's been in it many, many times, but I had no idea you were a grand marshal. Yes. Have you ever been a grand marshal in any other parade that I don't no. know about? No, it. that's uh, it.
0: No, I guess some shit parade somewhere along the line. <laughs> but, uh, oh, wait, maybe I wasn't a. Yeah, I was in a parade. I think maybe in Baldwin or something once. In but ball, what, like I, Baldwin. Like days. Yeah, but I wasn't <laughs> a grand marshal. Oh, yeah, okay. okay in a vehicle oh and of course the uh, the Casey parade that we had uh, the uh, Louis Louis parade that was that was before I started too yeah I, yeah. I kind of remember that we, we marched yeah. through the streets of downtown st. Louis singing Louis Louis did you have a band a high school band playing that too oh yes I think we did uh, yes yeah, I yeah. thought okay all right. I think that's it. Anything else on no, Bon Jovi you want to say? We're Get it done. all out. Yeah. Clear your chest. No, Now's the I time. do it on
1: the air. Bon Jovi. <laughs> that's all I got to say.
0: <laughs> all right. This is episode 53 of the Casey Tapes. I'm John Eulett. You can follow me on Twitter at STLU, man. And on Instagram, I'm Johnny Eulett. Favaz here. See you next week, you man. AMF. AMF. Adios, my friend. You bitches.
2: The KC Tate with you, man, and Favaz. For more on the history of KC, go to KC95.com or the KC Mobile app.